Hey everyone, welcome to the McNutty's Dimension. I'm Chris McNutt. Glad you could stop by the Consciousness Salon today and take some time out of whatever it is you're doing or are still doing. Taking some time to explore a little bit of perspective because that's what we are here to do. This game is all about perspective, people. There is no truth. There's only perspective. And we get locked into perspectives. We get locked into, oh, everything from opinions to beliefs and how this world is working and needs to work and should work. In fact, we just get locked into the way we experience this world in general, and we forget that what we're experiencing, this so-called reality that we think has some sort of concrete form to it, we forget that it is a lot more fluid. It is a lot more plastic. There is a lot more possibilities, infinite possibilities, in fact, of what you can experience and how you can experience it. But we have this tendency, I can't speak for the other dimensions, but I am starting to get familiar with this 3D realm that I've been hanging out in for 50 plus years. And um, I'm starting to understand in my own processes how, yeah, I lock into familiarity. I lock into predictability. I lock into wanting this world to remain kind of constant in its shape and its form and, um, you know, so I can negotiate it so I can get up in the morning and it's not totally different every single day because that would be a bit of a mind fuck. Apparently there's realities that are like that or there's realities where the creatorness of existing in that reality is gives beings the ability to create whatever the hell they want whenever they want it. Um, but we don't have that gift or those abilities in the same way because we're locked into this three-dimensional realm where we take ourselves to be a separated entity. So taking a moment to remember the parameters and the structure of this reality down here. And, you know, we start off, we are part of unified source consciousness, the one. You want to call it God. You want to call it the universe. There are so many names and descriptions out there. Whatever your unique relationship is to the oneness, the source energy, but we're a part of it. It is just how things work around here. We are part of unified source consciousness, but we don't have that perception. The brilliance and the frustration of this realm, what makes it amazing, what makes it a realm that beings are lining up to be a part of, believe it or not, you worked hard to get your opportunity to be in human form because it has such amazing parameters with which to operate. But the frustrating thing about it as well, 
We have the perception down here of being completely separated. We do not go about our day-to-day world operating from the perception that we are source consciousness. In fact, it's the opposite. We think we are completely severed and separated from um, source. And that's by design. Okay, like that is what this realm is all about. It's almost like we're explorers and we are on Antarctica. We are so cut off from the rest of the world. We don't have trees. We don't have vegetation. We are just on this block of ice and we're not even explorers because we just showed up there. We're like penguins. Penguins are just born there. They don't know anything different. Coastal redwood forest, penguin doesn't give a shit about anything like that. Doesn't want to see fields of wheat or anything like that. Just a bare, freezing cold block of ice to a penguin. It's perfectly fine. It's like, this is totally dope. This is where I live. And we have that same comfort being human in this 3D form. And so we are so separated. They say, We are the most separated reality. Your dogs and animals and the plants around here are more connected to source consciousness than we are. So what the hell is going on? Why did we decide to go to Antarctica? Well, and live there when we're cut off from source consciousness and it's about really source consciousness. It's not like you decided. Source consciousness said like, whoa, it would be total trip if I went and had this experience where I totally even forgot who I was. I forgot that I was source consciousness. What would that be like? So we come into this realm to have experiences that we just can't have when we realize we're unified and it's all one and there is no other. We believe we are separate from other people. So we believe and we experience other. So when I am me and you are you, you are we're not one and the same. If we had that perspective of unified source consciousness or how beings operate on other dimensional planes of being, where they see themselves more as, you know, we are separate parts of a whole, but we don't look at the world that way. We see somebody else and we go, that person is not me. So then it opens up this whole new realm of experiences you can have with that person. You can fight with that person. You can have attachment. You can then experience if that person leaves your life for any reason, then there's loss. And then there's grief. You can compete against that person. That person's, you know, you know, we both need food here. You know, only one of us maybe can get it. I am source as you are source, but we know, of course, that we are not together. See how I cry when you poke me in the eye Hey, watch that stick I'm trying So we're having this experience down here Where I am me and you are you And we're not the same And we have this range of emotions and experiences we can have And you can't have that in another place Where you have this obvious understanding and perception that we're all part of 
a unified consciousness. Not down here, baby. It's like every entity, every human for itself, I am me, you are you, them's the rules. So how does that work? How does the unified source consciousness cut itself off from itself and, you know, bring about this illusion? How does it do that magicianship to make itself separate and actually believe it's separate so it can have that experience? Um, And the tool that it uses, the mechanism, the anchor that keeps us on Antarctica because, you know, being part of source consciousness, there's a part of us that just, we just want to go back and be with the rest of source consciousness. So we need a device. We need a mechanism. We need an anchor that keeps us rooted on Antarctica. And that anchor, that mechanism is the ego mind. We have this common judgment or criticism with ego, and we often put it in these categories. Oh, it's a person's got way too much ego, you know, and we put it like this negative spin on it where ego isn't negative. It's just, it's just a device. It's just a mechanism. It's completely neutral. And its job is to keep us rooted on Antarctica in this separated consciousness. I mean, it's part of The ego is part of the team that is doing this. It's not doing it completely on its own. Um, It's super helpful that we have the senses that we do, in particular sight, and the way sight has been constructed uh, for us humans to perceive because we look at the world around us and we see very, very clear delineation of shape and form. Um, You know, another way we could see it, it could be a lot more sort of like liquid and nebulous between objects, because in reality, that's what's going on on an energetic level. You can't really define some boundary where your body ends and then the world, the air around it sort of then you know, it's now it's air and now it's my body. In fact, we're breathing in and out all the time. Like when, what is that air when it goes into your lungs? Is it now you? And then when we're exhaling, when does it stop being you? And now it's the room, the air in the room. And energetically, people that can see auras and can see things energetically, the physicists know now when they've gone down into like the inner workings of the atom they just it's just all just this one energy field they can't say where one electron ends and another one begins it's all just this waves and you know it's just nebulous fields of energy but we perceive it to be very delineated so that is also part of our consciousness that's going on here So we look out in this world and we see, oh, I can see where my leg ends and my pants begin. I'm not confused about that. 
I see myself as completely separate. I see my sister. I see my mother. They are not me. I do not have this perception of seeing through their eyes as well as my own. Um, the illusion is complete with our senses and with our ego mind. So how does this ego mind mechanism, how does it work? What's it doing all the time? It's super helpful to understand it, like know how your car works, know what's going on there. So if it's busted down, you know it's the tire or you know it's the alternator or you're out of windshield wiper fluid. Same thing goes with our these layers of us living within this body, mind, spirit complex as a human being. Know what the ego mind is up to. We've again, we've a lot of negative connotation on the ego, and it's like, no, it's just got a job to do. It's trying to keep you in this separated reality. And how does it do that? Okay, it might be helpful to understand, like, maybe what this is because another part of being human is we just think of ourselves as me. I am me. Um, this is me. What, who's having this experience? Well, it's me. Who's seeing? Oh, it is me. Who's having this feeling? It is me. Without, you know, a little bit of exploration into that, you might start to realize, I've started to realize many others have pointed in the direction that you're kind of like this conglomerate of a whole bunch of things going on, sometimes at the same time, but there isn't like one unified thing that is you. But we do have this really chatty voice in our head that never wants to shut up, that's always beacon off, that is always describing the world around us and processing the information that we take in. And this, my friends, this is our ego mind. It's like this initial gatekeeper of the experience, right? So as soon as something happens to us, it's that reaction we have where it defines it, it gives it description, it qualifies it. Was that water hot or was it cold? And then it judges it. Do I like hot water or cold water? Do I like that feeling on my skin right now? And then it just starts this process of it, ruminates about it, it categorizes it, it remembers it, and then it'll think about that again minutes later, hours later, days later, like even years later. It'll dredge up some memory from grade four and, you know, some messed up embarrassing experience you had in the in the washroom with the other kids. And like it plays it out for you and there's emotions and feelings. It attaches it all. It's like the librarian. It's always categorizing and thinking about the future. It's thinking about the past. It's not very present in the present moment. This is why, you know, so many of the techniques of meditation and so many of the lineages and the practices are about, you know, being in the present moment, um, observing your breath, trying to just get out of this claustrophobic field of being where the ego mind is always in action and defining, categorizing, explaining the world around it. And in doing so, while it's doing this, it's also 
constantly reinforcing your relationship to the world, your description of the world, um, your perception of the world. Um, it looks out the window and it sees a tree and it says, that's a tree. I know what a tree is. This is what a tree is. Tree is this. It doesn't go, what the fuck is that thing on my lawn? You know, and, and look at it with fresh eyes. It's like, no, I know what that is. I got a description. I got a, you know, I, I've got, I put it in its little box. It's sitting up on the shelf. I know what tree is. I know what the tree in my yard is. I know what kind it is. It's got a name, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, it just has all that stuff real nice and tidy. Well, it's not always tidy. It can be pure freaking chaos at the same time, but it's at least trying to do that. And then by doing so, we project this understanding we have onto the world around us. So when we're driving in our car and we go over to somebody else's house, we don't go, what the fuck is that thing on your lawn? Oh my God, it's fucking tall. What are those things? It's like, it's a tree. It has leaves on it. We have an understanding of it. So the ego mind is, you know, always it's helpful. It's got a job to do. It's a big ass confusing world out there. So it's 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 helping out with that sort of thing. But what it's also doing is taking away a lot of freshness of the experience because who knows what would happen if every time we saw a tree, we went, what the fuck is that? And we looked at it for the first time and rubbed our hands up and down the bark and, you know, picked up a leaf and looked at the veins and the patterns and the color of green, you know, I mean, that's kind of what LSD and mushrooms can be like. It's not super helpful if you got to go to work and you got to feed the family and you need shelter and you need sustenance. Um, you know, we're, we don't have fur and teeth and claws here in the human realm. We're, you know, we're kind of fragile out there. So we have to look after our own ass and those around us. So there's this part of this mind that's like, stop playing with the fucking tree, dude. It's a goddamn tree. It's on your front lawn. Now get to work and go get us some food. Now, while ego mind is doing this thing, it's also attaching a lot of emotions that we have for that experience. I love that tree. I hate that tree. That tree, a branch came off in the windstorm and landed on my car and busted my windshield and that cost me 800 bucks. I hate that fucking tree. And so we roll through life and we have these experiences and the ego mind is deciding, wow, that person's a fucking asshole. I love that person. You know, I'm not so sure about that one. Oh my God, my sister, ah, you know, and we have these experiences and emotions kind of go along with it. So Ego mind's taking your experience, it's putting it on the shelf, it's got a little definition, but it also throws in a few emotions into that little shoebox that kind of goes along with that experience. And then, you know, now that's in play, you know, so then we get these other layers of things that are like doubt, regret, we got low self-esteem. We got all these layers of qualities in our relationships to ourselves that, you know, because ego minds out there, it's like, wow, you're not very good at your job, are you? It's like, whoa, you know, it's comparing. How come your car is like this old fucking piece of shit and your neighbor's driving this just sweet, hot new ride, you know, like what's wrong with you? And there's always this comparing and judging and it is this 
primary gatekeeper that is always looking out through the lens of um, our perception and, you know, thinking, well, thinking it's, it is in control if we give it the control and it's, but it's this primary operating system that has been going since we started to perceive the world since we we're little babies and little toddlers like running around going, what the fuck is this place? And, you know, we started to process using that. So it is very much this entity that we take ourselves to be. Somebody says, who are you? It's like, I am my ego mind. I am this conglomeration of all my experiences, of all my memories and all the emotions I've had with it and this description that I have with the world and how I understand my surroundings. That is me. But is that everything? Is that all we are? Is that the totality of being a human being? Sitting in my minivan Waiting for my Starbucks order Listening to a podcast Scrolling through Facebook Liking everything Cause all made by another me I am the oneness They are the oneness But I still really don't get it Goo goo ka choo Goo 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 ka choo All the spiritual traditions of the world are pointing us in human experience to explore outside the ego mind and dreaming the world as the indigenous um, explanation has been since the dawn of time that this is this process we're doing. We dream the world. We create it. um, And we create it with all filters that you know come through that ego mind we create our mind we we operate in a world where we have envy we have greed we have lust desire we want power we're hungry we're we got these motivations and these drives that come through there and as wonderful and as amazing and the paradox of course is that's on some level, exactly what we are here to do. That's why we took human form. I'm going to exp- I'm going to explore power. I'm going to get into violence this time around. Like some people, that is just the trip. That's why we're here. We're here to let some of this stuff rip. You know, you don't have violence without a belief that there is other. If you, you know, if you took your right hand and, you know, took a hammer and just started, you know, smashing the fingers of your left hand, you'd like people go, what the fuck are you doing, dude? But that is the experience we have in separated reality where we do that to ourselves when um, all parts of the unified one and violence is happening and all the atrocities that we inflict upon each other, all the suffering from physical violence, emotional violence, all the trauma, everything that we're able to create is through this realm of separation and through the ego. The paradox, of course, is it's exactly what we're here to do. It's why we went on this ride in the amusement park. But we get to the point where we're like, fuck, okay, enough of this. You know, it's like I'm tired of being a penguin on Antarctica, completely cut off from the rest of, you know, source. You know, it's it's like, yes, I've done this. And maybe 
some say, you know, it takes a certain number of lives. We kind of got to go through this. But once you get to that point where, you know, they say timelines are exhausted, everything's collapsing in upon itself. You've had enough of these experiences here. It's time to move on. You know, that spark, that thing that's deep within us at our core that says, no, I am source consciousness. I need to find my way back. That is that seeking and that drive that's within us for, you know, knowing that there's more. That is the thing that keeps us moving back towards the light or darkness, whatever it is, because it's both. Um, But it's just out of this 3D realm. There has to be something else. I'm sick of being a penguin. I'm sick of this illusion of this separated entity that I take myself to be, you know, and we start working our way back. Now, there's a lot of descriptions that come through as we make our way to, you know, other dimensions, fourth density, fifth dimension, that sort of thing. We start moving into more of a group consciousness and that that in itself has a whole, (laughs) yeah, it's got a, that's a whole new kettle of fish. That's a whole new experience because, you know, one of the benefits of being a separated reality is that, you know, for the most part, you can keep your thoughts and your feelings and you start, you can mutter under your breath and thinking, you said, oh man, that guy's a fucking jerk. Holy shit, that person drives me up the fucking wall, you know? And we can say those things. We can have little, we can have that stuff going on inside our head. Um, some descriptions of like the higher realms of being um, are that, oh yeah, you're in a group consciousness. Imagine if all of that is like wide open. Imagine if everybody can hear, think, and feel everybody else's thoughts and feelings all the time. That, my friends, is a whole other field to negotiate with a whole other set of skills that you have to work on. But anyways, that's what we're here to do. We're here to learn. We're here to grow. We're here to give 3D humanness a rip. And when we're done with it, we get this feeling of like, oh my God, I'm enough of this shit. My, my mind, the thoughts in my head, this perception I have of who I am, okay, I'm getting a little tired of this. What can I do? And there are solutions that have also been proposed since the dawn of time, since hundreds of millions of years ago, back to the vegan schools of ancient vegan mysticism schools that have been on many planets. And, you know, our yoga, our Buddhism, our mysticism that the traditions of uh, through the centuries and millenniums here on earth have also been influenced um, through those practices. And if you don't have a meditation practice, it's a really helpful tool. And You know, it's just, God, did it take me a while to get there. It is, holy shit, can that ever be a grind? It fucking almost killed me at the beginning of learning how to meditate. Um, But I did persevere. There was a little something inside of me, you know, I got like little moments. I got little glimpses where it's like, oh, wow, yeah, okay, this feels good. Okay, I'm going to stay at it. Um, And I persevered. And it went through all kinds of different techniques and uh, practices and ways of doing it. And I've settled into something that I do on a daily level. But 
So you, you can all do it. If I can do it in my jumpy monkey mind, I'm in the year of the monkey for Christ's sakes. I'm, you know, I got an Aquarian brain that is just fucking on steroids. And um, if I was able to do it, you've probably got a way easier go of it than I did. And But what meditation just does is it just helps us to pop out of that ego mind, those thoughts, those things that are spinning around all the time, thinking about yesterday, the worrying about tomorrow, all that sort of stuff. It's just, it helps with the perspective, getting out of the claustrophobia of that experience. And, and then just realizing that, you know, that experience that we just take ourselves to be, we just kind of assume, well, duh, that's me. It's like, no, that's not the totality of who we are. Um, there are other levels of being within us, dimensions that we're able to experience both near, both far, but that ego mind perception, categorization, dreaming the world from that anchor point of ego, of me being Chris McNutt in my individual consciousness um, or the illusion of it and me being Chris McNutt and all my memories and thoughts, feelings and opinions and beliefs. And that it's like, whoa, getting out of that can be such a relief. It can be the balm that helps ease you know, this, the, the suffering and the intensity that we kind of get wrapped up in that stuff and how important all the stuff that we're doing is and like, ah, you know, and if we don't do it, it's like, oh my God, falling apart. Like this great teacher we've had over the past couple of years of COVID where things have kind of fallen apart and we haven't been able to do what we've been able to do, and we've also had to go through um, a lot of grief and a lot of suffering. There's been a lot of people pass during this time, and we have had all these new experiences, but there's a part of our ego mind that has been, I want things to get back to normal. I just wish it was like it was before, And we, because we have these memories. We have these attachments to, this is what I do. This is the thing that makes me happy. This is my profession, my identity, all these things. And it's there's we just have this attachment to it. COVID has been a great teacher to help us pop out of that. Meditation can be a great teacher to just because when we're in it, like when we are driving the car, which is often like, you know, an analogy you can think of when you're in your ego mind, you're driving the car. You don't stop and get out and look at the car, which is sort of the experience of meditation. You It takes a while because the car just wants to keep driving. It doesn't want to stop. Um, it's hard to get out of it. Um, but it's very valuable to just check the tires, flip up the hood, see what's going on in there, have some perspective. My boss is yelling, kids are yelling, everybody's yelling, but really it's all just me. Do I see the same smile when I look you in the eye? I'm not sure, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Now a technique I find super helpful in meditation is cultivating the perspective of the neutral observer. Um, 
I think sometimes myself while I'm doing it, it's like imagining yourself as the psychologist at the wherever psychologists work, the psychologist place. And they got that one-way glass. They got those people in the room and they're conducting some experiment on them. And they're they're on the other side of the one-way glass and they're just observing it. They got a lab coat on, they got a clipboard, they're taking some notes. Take that same approach with yourself. So in meditation, if you're sitting, just notice everything that is going on. And notice all thoughts. Notice all. um, So if there's any words involved at all, that's not it, right? So again, we have this tendency to get back the ego mind things. Oh yeah, okay, I got that. That's exactly what I do. That's what I do all the time. The ego mind gets all excited. Yeah, that's my thing, man. I just observe everything and and I categorize it and I describe it. And it's like, no, we're actually going to watch that experience happen as well. We're going to take a step back from that. We are going to watch yourself observing it even. It's it's like everything that is taking place and it's very subtle and it's very nuanced and you'll see that there's a lot of layers. So start slow. Don't, you know, don't think you're going to master this right away, but neutral observer. Just, just don't attach to the experience because you might be having reactions. There might be emotions come up. There might be all the fire and the passion, anger, grief, sadness, like you name it, these things that come up, just watch it with neutrality. Just you are in the lab coat behind the one-way glass, you got a clipboard and you're taking some notes and just allow yourself that perspective to just look at the processes that are going on without the attachment, without it being right or wrong without um, qualifying it as hot or cold, without saying, oh, I like that or I don't like that. And notice that part of you that is doing that. Notice the part of you in your layers and in your experiencing that is having the experience. Notice the experiencer. And it's it it's lightning fast. It's It's like it's instant as soon as something happens to you, how quickly we go into that experiencer and experiencing with definition, with judgment, with categorization, with a description and qualification and notice that process. And again, you know, ego mind, you can send it love too. You can get to that point where you know, rather than fighting it. And again, even within the spiritual traditions, there is a lot of definitions, like particularly within Buddhism, you know, we have to liberate ourselves from this stuff. We have to, you know, the wheel of samsara, we got to like, you know, like, it's like, ooh, ego, yuck, ugh, you know, and we kind of, we, you don't need to have that approach with it. You can love it. Just, just appreciate what it is doing. It is not necessarily trying to cause the suffering in your world. It's a, it's innocent as well. It is not functioning at the higher levels of consciousness. It's, you know, kind of like a mid-grade kind of thing. You know, it's, it's what, which is a lot of what this world is. If you look at the ego, I mean, 
3D world, there's a lot of mid-grade, mid-range, elementary school level kind of consciousness going on around here. Why do you think the joint's so fucked up and why it's such a mess? Because that's that's how we operate. And when we give our ego mind the task of figuring out the solutions to this world, look what we have. Just look around us. Look at the state we are in. So... You know, it hasn't tried to fuck the joint up. It hasn't been this intentional thing. It's not malicious. It's not evil. But it's, you know, it's like giving, letting, letting the children run the world. They're not going to get it totally right. They're going to mess a lot of shit up. And that is sort of what our ego mind has been doing. So um, observe it with compassion. Observe it with love. Um And we have to understand when we're doing that and when we're not doing that because we do have this tendency to operate from the ego mind operating system pretty much all the damn time. And meditation and the tool of the neutral observer helps to pull out of that claustrophobia. And when you get to the understanding of I am observing this self that I took myself to be that if I'm observing it, like what's observing it? What, what else? There's obviously something else there. And that is like a launch pad to yes, there's not just something else. There is a lot of space. There is a lot of dimensions. There is a lot of levels, layers to our being that um, are also there that we can also utilize that when we go from that place there's just also a lot more peace there it's like sandpaper it's like this big rasp or a grinder where you just take the sharp corners off everything that is in your life um you know everything that the ego mind creates that all this suffering all these you know perceptions and opinions and things about ourselves that we don't like or enjoy understand when you take that out of the equation and you know if it's just neutral and you just have this relationship to what's going on within you that is just it's just neutral it's just an experience it doesn't matter if i got the job or i didn't get the job it doesn't matter if the team I was cheering for won or lost on the weekend. All these things. Yes, there are some things that strike us really deep. And of course, we're here to experience that. So I, I don't want to discount or belittle any of these experiences saying that they're not important. They're incredibly important. This is the paradox of it. But the neutrality just helps with taking that edge of attachment off just understanding that you're just so much more to you there's so much other layers from which you operate which is the launch pad go up the chakras pop out of the crown get into you know the soul's space chakra um you know start to attach to the higher realms of your being let that stuff come through. Um, yes, ego mind, you're awesome at your job. You're really great at figuring shit out. You're great at the grocery list. But my my mission, my being, my deeper understanding, and my connection to the uni- 
to the universe as a life form, as a being, as an ancient, eternal being of light. I'm sorry, ego mind. You, you fucking suck at that. And I got to go tap into other parts of my being in order to get a handle on that. And, and in doing that, ah, peace comes in, um, a deeper experiencing, a deeper understanding. So my friends, I encourage you to just go on that exploration. There are volumes of material, books. I'm sure YouTube, I'm not the only guy out there that's person who is saying this encouragement to you. Um, you can't go wrong with a, a meditation practice. You can't go wrong with the, with the point of view of the neutral observer. Um, enjoy, uh, take it a lighthearted approach to it. It's, we can't be that serious with this trip we're on being human. This joint's fucked up. We can't take it too seriously. It really is a messed up zone. So enjoy it. Have fun. Get into the messed upness and just see it for what it is and what's going on. So couple tools, tips, tricks, a little bit of perspective to help out with that. From me to you, my friends, here in the McNuttiest Dimension Consciousness Salon. Got some inspiration, but zero motivation. Not sure which part of this is even coming from my higher self. I am the oneness. They are the oneness. I still really don't get it. Oh yeah, special McNuttiest thanks to my friends the Beatles and their musical inspiration. I am the walrus, if you didn't guess it already, seemed to be very apropos for the subject matter this week. So glad you could take some time to uh, hang out day in the McNuttiest Dimension. If you would like to connect, if you want to comment on anything you've heard, if you have any questions, I'm happy to respond. If you're on a platform where you can leave comments, um, please do. It's apparently very helpful to the AI algorithms out there to help spread the goodness of such things to the rest of the world. But if you got questions, any comments, I'd love to hear from you. McNuttiest is all you need to know. I'm McNuttiest on Facebook, McNuttiest on Instagram, McNuttiest on YouTube and TikTok. Website is McNuttiest.com. You want to send me a note? It's uh, yo, that's Y-O, yo at uh, McNuttiest.com. Again, love to hear from you all. I'm here to help. I'm just a fellow journeyer on this crazy-ass adventure that we call humanity during this super-lit time of the early 21st century. Be careful out there. Don't take it all too seriously, people. It is only a human lifetime. It is not worth getting that wrapped up in. I'm Chris McNutt. Thanks for checking out the McNunnius Dimension. We'll catch you next time. No, I, I still don't get this oneness stuff. Yeah, I don't really get it. I feel so separate.
I still feel like an individual thing and you're not me and I'm not you, so what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Goo goo ka choo, goo 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 ka choo.